This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason. Uh, how's it going? Hey, John. This new year? Hey, it's going good. Now, huh? Is this our first one of the new year? Yeah. I think it so. is the first one of the new year. Alrighty. Yeah, and you know, it's like as I promised last time, it's like going to bring in the new year with my best of the last. And the worst as well, because, you know, I always want to get give things like one final kick. Yeah. Like, you know, to get, make sure you get things over with. Mm-hmm. So what do you have for yeah. us this time? Ah, all this. Yeah, uh, okay. Tell us what the best was, yeah. I think, is really what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just like last year, it's just like another top ten list. And, um, you know, it's like, the thing that, and the way I want to do this is, you know, it's, it's like, I want to look at stuff that, you know, like, really, like, just new, like, new stuff, stuff that changed the game, changed the game up and really impressed me. Because, you know, if I wanted to, like, talk about the stuff that, you know, I was continuous, that I was, like, so really, continuously that I really enjoyed over the past year, you know, I would just, like, you know, cut and paste a lot of the stuff that I, that I picked last year. You know, it's like, you'd still see, um, you'd still see Scalp, you'd still see The Walking Dead, you'd still see 20th Century Boys on here. But, you know, I can't really say much more than the fact that, you know, these series that were excellent last year, you know, they're still excellent this year. So just because I didn't um, like include a, didn't put a series from last year on here doesn't mean that it, you know it suddenly stopped sucking. No, it doesn't mean that it, it started sucking. It's meant it just means that you know I want I want to like you know spread I want to spread the wealth. I want to talk about new new series I like stuff that really um like impressing with how it like it's like series like de- debuted or stepped up its game or you know like ended in a in a spectacular fact, fashion which, of which there are several for this list right here. But uh, let's see. Yeah, so I mean, like overall, it's like I mean, like, and overall, it's like in any years, like like Blade of the Immortal would still be the like a sensible like number zero on the list, the um, one that I I, I want to see any more more than more than any I still want to see a new volume of that. But also, like Nippity Ed Seals are are also like twenty new volumes of Twenty Century Boys, and you know certain other series that are on on this list as well. But you know, enough chat. Just chatter. Let's get on with the list. Alrighty. All right. Coming at number ten, we have. It's like we have a surprise here. We have X Men: Sword. No time to breathe. Mm. And, and as those of you who were like, who were um, listening last year will notice that I didn't really didn't I didn't do anything for Marvel last year, and, and that's because like Marvel, like well, they produce a lot of like entertaining series. Uh, a lot of stuff is also mired in, mired in continuity and also just. It's like there's it's still advancing like its, its own its own storyline. Plus, just the fact that like, a lot of stuff with superheroes these days, mm-hmm. you know, it has to be really excellent you know, to, to stand out. And and you know, the more I thought about this particular series, the more I liked it. The more I want, I realized it, mer- it merited a spot on this list because it's a really it's a very very dense, very very well very well and intricately written and illustrated series for the most part. Um, that that you know I would like would have liked to have seen more of. But unfortunately, because it was it was a it was um, positioned as a uh, ongoing series that was canceled after five issues, instead of a um, it should have been done as a, a mini series that you know we could have like wanted to see more of later on. If we're never going to probably never going to see more of this particular take on the series, and this comes courtesy of writer Kieran Gillen and um, artist Steven Sanders, and it's basically the, basically the story of um, Abigail Brand. Who's introduced to us in um, Joss Whedon's um, Astonishing X-Men series, mm-hmm. and how she how she runs um, Sword, our Sentient Worlds Observation and Re- Research Division, um, like with with all of her everybody Beast, 
at um, Beast, Lockheed, um, Sit, like, and um, and the various other people under command. And the thrust of the series is basically how how um, professional Marvel dick um, Henry Henry Garrick basically um, concocts a plan to get all alien all alien life forms um, off of off of Earth. And but from there, it's like there's a lot of other subplots. There, this is like um, this is um, Agent Brands, um, like half alien brother being abducted by the mercenary Death's Head, like a like a like a bunch of sentient rocks attacking out Rushmore, and also like an like an an alien impending alien invasion. There's a lot going on in these five issues, and it's like it's really and for those who complain that like Marvel, a lot of Marvel stuff is too decompressed or takes too long to go on these days, nah, that's not the case here. There's like there's almost a complete story in every single issue here, and I would have loved to have seen more. And you know you can just attach your your standard. Um, if all superheroes, superhero titles were as good as this one, then the market would be a much better place. Um, modifiers to here, then yeah, that's that's how I feel. I'd love to see more of it, but we're not. And but at least we're going to get to see more stuff from 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 Jillian at Marvel, especially now he's um, ta- he's attached to the hip to the X Men franchise, which I think is a good thing. But it's also not the last we'll hear from him on this list. So, yeah, moving on, we got number nine, which is Jutomu Nihei's Biomega. Told you this is gonna appear on my top ten list, and here it is. Because you know, it's like no, it's not the most original series out there, but it's definitely like a great. It's, as I said on the pod, podcast when I talked about it, it's a very, it's a very good, it's a great example of um, how to do style over substance. I mean, you've got it's like just like just how to do act, action with a lot, lot of style, a lot of flair, and also eventually like. To eventually, tell tell a decent story story as well. Not an original one, but at least one that's that knows what it's want to do, what it wants to do, and, it, and accomplishes that that pretty well. And I also just I also just want to think it represents a good good step up from how let's see just from from Nihei's on um, previous storytelling abilities. The fact that he actually can he actually does understand the fundamentals of storytelling. He demonstrates that here. We're looking forward to seeing how this series wraps up in the next two. In, in the final two volumes in February and May of this year. All right, coming number eight is the Meta Barons by by Alejandro Jodorowsky and Juan Jimenez. Now, even if the series like you know had a crap script, um, it probably would have just muscled its way on here just on the strength of Jimenez's art alone, which is has some like truly spectacular and weird and strange, strange and frightening guy cre- creatures as you're just like. Look, like uh, inter- like interdimensional alien, like alien mi- mind suckers, par- like mir- beings from par- parallel universes, and it's like all sorts, all sorts of crazy, crazy ass shit. It's great stuff, but it also has has a script from from Yudorowsky that is that so over the top that it like it, it approaches mythic proportions. And it and while I would have and while some of the um while do like the direction it takes the, with the um, tile character at the very, um, towards the very end. I kind of would like to have seen more, um, let's say, more consistency with how how he's how he appears in the in the ink call as well as um, Yodorowsky's previous previous utilization of the character. But still, it's a great if you're looking to see like why um, like like why it's a bad thing we don't see more European comics over here. Then check this series out. It's crazy, crazy as shit, and that's and I, I love it for it. Hmm. All right. Coming, in, all right, coming right after that is um, Hellboy: The Wild Hunt. Now, I've talked for um, I mentioned previously that you know like the BPRD has always has always been my cup of tea, but all the recent volumes have been kind of 
well, sadly to say, a bit underwhelming for me. Hellboy actually managed to really step up its game this year. Because my main complaint with a lot of, with basically all major Hellboy stories, is that they're all some sort of variation on some on some entity going, "You are the beast of the apocalypse. It is your destiny to rule, to take over the world and rule it as your as your father Satan has demanded." And Hellboy going, "No, screw you! I, I'm gonna I'm gonna live live life the way I want." See, the Wild Hunt actually um change actually, actually changes that because it shows him. Not only does it, because not only does it like add add like context, it's like it's like add context and focus to his quest, but also shows you that hey, you know what? Yeah, you might be the beast, the beast of the apocalypse, but there's also another way out of here. It did, a, and it also brought into like some into context some of like like his like what his ultimate opposition is going to be, and what he's. It's like, and also a way for him to actually like you know avoid like find a way around his fate. Like that may like sure he might be a. Uh, yeah, he might be the beast of the apocalypse. Does not mean he's gonna have to? Uh, he's gonna have to like um, t- have to destroy the world in the end. So I, I, I really, so I really like that. I'm actually looking forward to the next volume of Hellboy. Also worth mentioning is the other volume of Hellboy that was released this year, The Crooked Man and Other Stories. That that's worth mentioning solely because the title story is also one of the one of the few times that I've I've read. I've read a comic that has actually creeped me out because, I mean, like Richard Corbin's working there. It's like he's done good stuff here, but god damn, like looking at his tale, his depiction of Ameri- like rural American backwater stuff in the Appalachians. I mean, it's you just look at that and like, hey, just I recommend just you know if you're reading it at night with like by flashlight, it will just like creep you the hell out because it is just it is it's just like. It's scary. It's like the deep, the, the dear detail, the weirdness that he brings to the work right there, as well as Mignola's um like understanding of like the traditions of the region. It's like it's 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 something else. I highly recommend it too. All right, moving moving up to list number six, we have Berserk Volume Thirty Four. Now, regular readers know that I love that I love this series, and I, I like to talk about every just about every new volume that comes out. But Volume Thirty Four is also notable in the fact that it's also the, that um, after Dark Horse is like finally caught up to the series, this is going to be like the last. This is like one of the last volumes we'll see before like, we're going to see for a while. While Volume Thirty Five is out in Japan, we're still waiting on on its on when it's going to arrive here in English. Um, but so Thirty Four, Thirty Four like is a great way to um to wrap up the series to um end Dark Horse's um like like most like um. Like um semi regular run run with it because it's it's supposed to be a real game changer. I mean not only is the art, I mean not only is the art here some of the best that I've seen from from manga called Kintaro Mira. Um, it is it's it's like there's some it's also across as a real supposed to be a real game changer in terms of the story because while the series is has always flirted with like you know how the how the world of fantasy the world of fantasy invading this ostensibly realistic um medieval world here, because, like, well, there's always all sorts of creepy shit going on in the world of Dirk. Um, it's never been, it's not an actual, like, you know, full-fledged um, world of fantasy. That changes at the end of this volume, when when we get to see, we get to see dragons, we get to see unicorns, we get to see all sorts of, like, um, fantasy creatures invading this world as the uh, as the floodgates are thrown open, and, thing, and things just 
I think and, and like all these creatures just just flow out of it. Um, I I wish we could get we be getting more than one volume a year, but but you know if if this is if I'm doing this like one if doing it once a year is what what it takes Mira to maintain this this level of quality, then then I hope see then I then I'm cool with it. Although I will say that like that hey if he uh, that you know it's like I that. I hope he like makes good on this. It's a great, like I said, it's a game changer. But I hope he makes good on this because like you know, if volume thirty-five shows up, thirty shows up, and like we, and it's just like you know, all this stuff is ignored. Then the knives are going to be out come next year. So stay tuned, watch the space, etc., etc., etc. All right. Now keeping on, keeping the theme of worlds like gone horribly wrong. We've got um, at number five, Crossed, Volume One, from Garth Ennis and Jason Burroughs. Hmm. Now, Ennis. Um, it's notable in the fact that he's all that well, he's got like a lot of familiar um like um like topics he like he's talked about you know just like about the, but um like like the like moral morality of the world it's like char- like lot, characters with guns characters with facial disfigurements um like all sorts of like um and, and it's like all sorts of um like like um men like um, men's interrelationships with each other it's like also, but he's also good at really recombining them in different, it's like in different ways. And with Crossed, he actually found himself in Stephen King territory, as you've um, got a bunch of characters who, as you got to like this world that has been like that's been transformed by this disease that basically robs people of their of their of their morality and just causes them to go like berserk and just like act act on their like most base base impulses right here. In short, you've got a char- bunch of characters from a Garth Garth Ennis comic book attacking a bunch of normal people. It's a great concept, and he um, and basically it's just it's it's kind of like The Walking Dead in the sense that it asks the question of like, you know, what, like what, what do we do to keep ourselves human in a world that is that has gone mad? But it also, but it's a compact approach, like only nine, it's about like ten issues, ten issues that are clicked right here. It just allows it to go, for, go for the throat, and it's like and get things up, and I and attack these issues in a way, it's like a, in a really log- logical and ruthless fashion. Um, the next cross series um, is going to be ri- are, are written by David Lapfin, and I've heard good things about it so far. Just the fact that it seems that he is that their opponent is going to be like in a nice one-upsmanship with who can who can provide the most um, morally questionable scenar- um, scenario. Because while while the first series has um, as these characters trying to survive in the real in the real world, like trying to hang on to their morality in the in the real world, the um, Next series by Lapham apparently um, asked, like, well, what kind of people are best equipped to um, survive in this kind of world? Which basically has him, has, which is because his main character is a child molester. I'm, I'm curious to see where he's going with that. Because if, if it works, you might be, might be seeing volume two on here next year. If it doesn't, well, oh boy, it's going to be a lot to answer for. Hmm. Anyway, moving on to like more, um, moving on more, like, I'm. See a more palatable stuff. It's like we're actually going to the realm of Shonen Jump here with, with my number four pick. I'm um, Sam Dunk by Takahiko Inoue. Now, as I said before, if you've been reading this series, reading the blog for a while, you probably noticed that I've I've been like highly critical of some of the uh, volumes of of Slam Dunk. Also, how I've have eventually come around to it now that he is apparently hit it. It series has really finally hit its stride. As um the main character um. And Sakuragi Hanamichi has finally stopped being an idiot as he's starting to finally display the uh, skill and 
skill, let's see the skill, the skill that you'd expect from a guy who was a self-proclaimed basketball genius. And also, but, but it also works because like, um, in, cause like, even though like, you know, I don't really care about basketball. I don't watch it at all. I don't care for more sports period, but the way he depicts high school basketball here, especially on the court, just seeing this, like the strategy, like the strategy these guys display on, it's like, like it, it's like on the, on the court, and like the way the way he depicts matches. I mean, it's just, all the all the action, all the um, sports action here is just as entertaining as any of the sci-fi action um, series that I've that I've, just, I've talked about previously in this. It's like on this list. I mean, it's like it's great. It's great action. I can find I can find understand why the series is so, so beloved over the world. Plus, it also has one of my one of my favorite, if not the favorite, um, moment. I've seen in comics last year, and that's when Sakuragi, who is during one match with one of their rivals, he's constant, he's lost his edge because he's constantly he's worried about being fouled out again. But then he just steps up at the very end, and just as one of their as one of the other opposing teammates is about to score, which seems like a sure slam dunk, he just um he just Sakuragi just steps up, gets in his face, and shuts him down. He fouls out, and he's that's that's it for him for the team. So like he. He didn't score, but he did something more important. He broke the team's the opposing team's momentum. That's what that's what allowed his other team to find to take take the cake at the end. So, um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how the uh, let's see how their match how their current match um, lines up in the next volume or two. So, anyway, it's kind of like with 20th Century Boys. Yeah, it's being released bi-monthly, which is a lot faster than a lot of other series. But you know, I want to see I want this monthly. I want to see. I want. I want, I want this stuff now. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so we'll we'll keep waiting. Anyway, coming up to number three on the list, we have an, we have the other Kieran Gillen title I was talking. I mentioned earlier, and that is um, Phonogram, the Singles Club. This features some phenomenal art from his from from the pre artists of the previous cole- collection. Um, Jamie McKelvey. Now, I re- bought the original Phonogram series back in back in 09 at Comic-Con, and I loved it. And so as soon as this came out in, in trade paperback, I wanted to pick it up. Now, World of Phonogram is basically just like a world where people can um, enact magic by using, by, by using music. Now, all that's, what kind of magic they're able to do is not always always clear and just like, it's, like I said, I don't think it's quite as easy, concept that's easy to grasp as, as some others out there, but just seeing... But like looking at the way it's described here, I mean, it's like the characters are so are so fully realized. The um, parts of the, parts of the series that I do do understand are are never never listening compelling. And even though it's like I'm not I'm not familiar with um, nearly any of the music. No, not so I'm not familiar with the music. So I've never actually heard a lot of the music music they're talking about here. Um, like I want to, it's like I want to go and go and listen to, listen to it. I want to go and find this. I want to go go and listen to it myself because it's because mm-hmm. it just present, presents a really compel, compelling, interesting world. It's like and the things I can't grasp. I want to know more about it. I want to know more about these characters and just seeing like um, and McKe- McKe- Jamie McKelvey's skill is really um, in terms of displaying characters and body movement is really great. Like also on par with like like that of like someone like Steve Dillon. And um, Dylan tells like a really, really intricate and um, detailed script as these characters um, uh, meet, it's like meet and pass, like meet and cross pass over, 
over the, um, one one night at a, at a dance club. Uh, unfortunately, the series sold levels of levels that are best described as "sweet fuck all." So we're not going to be yeah we're not going to be seeing um, volume three like anytime soon, if at all. So so like that's that's tragedy because I we really would like to see a uh, like a like a third volume to wrap this up. Plus it also plus also gets gets a point because well the first series see revolved around um like like um Phonomancer David Cole's efforts to um prevent the resurrection of Britannia turns him into a supporting character here, but you know the series isn't any less for um for like marginal for marginalizing such an such a fascinating character. Alright. And with that, talking about moving on to something much more recent at number two, and that's um Ex Machina, volume ten, term limits. I picked this one over Volume Nine because while Volume Nine is the one that basically convinced me that yes, the series um, was going to be the what was worthy of a spot on my top ten list this year, ten just ten took it all the way, ten took all that stuff and just brought it all the way home for a fantastic landing. It's can't really add a lot to what I said about the podcast, but I will, I'll just say that it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic series, not quite as good as, as Vaughn's Why the Last Man, but it's a great look at how at how an outsider can it. Um, interacts with with um with politics, with politics, and how he winds up how, how he winds up losing losing himself in the process despite his best intentions. Great stuff. Highly recommended. Whether or not, whether you pick it up in the uh, deluxe editions or trade paperbacks. Now, those of you who've been listening to me for the last year, you probably remember something I I said way back in March about you know the best thing that I read last this year and how I would love to read you know like nine it's like um, nine more things that you know are, are better than it. Well, sad thing is that didn't happen. So, so that case, those of you who were probably wondering who my top number one pick is, shouldn't come any surprise that it is it is still Planetary Volume Four, Space Time Archaeology. Huh. Yeah, because Volume because Volume Four really made a lot of things clear clear to me. Just basically about how this is essentially like Ellis's um. This is basically Ellis's, um, like basically his thesis on why, it's like on, on why, it's like on why the um, why the pulp fiction tradition was so, like so great, and why it was, like, and how superhero, how the rise of superhero comics just basically strangled that in its bed, and and then just, but then also how it still managed to survive in its in its own ways, and how it influenced things, around the way. But it's not just like a, it's not like a screed or just like a or like a message comic or anything. It's a great fascinating story about three three people like Elijah Snow with the power power of heat subtraction, Jackie Wagner, who's very strong and very fast, the drummer who likes doing weird stuff with technology, just how they how they want to um like how they um investigate the world the world and find find the strange things find it strange things and want to keep it and want to keep the world strange. Oh. So that's 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 the way it should be. And that's and just how and try and find a way to to um, eventually I like, throw off the yoke of its um old superhero traditions and find a new way forward. This series was many many years well, on this volume in particular was many many years in the making, and in the end, but reading it you'll see that like, it just it flows like, like it, if I had told you that it took you it took um, Ellis and Cass and artist John Cassidy to uh, like let's see uh. Five years to do the uh, nine issues, nine issues completed here. Like you wouldn't be able to tell that because it just it flows, it still flows together remar- remarkably well. Hmm. And it's just like got 
so many awe-inspiring moments. I mean, just like see, like let's see, seeing the uh, like the angels from there, like from the opening two-parter, investigating a, uh, it's like all, it's like an, an over, it's like an orbiting, spa- it's like an like intergalactic spacecraft, um, um, snow, tra- um, like exploring the, uh, exploring the afterlife, um, and also just like. The, uh, the the look of the world where that where super superheroes have superhumans have taken over, and also just like the um the visceral thrill that you know it's like it's just me someone who's been reading Ellis, Warren Ellis Wildstorm comics for for a while just having one of his characters say door again you know that's that's just me but <laughs> it's like just seeing just seeing that that right there it's a it's a beautiful moment and just seeing and it's all rendered beautifully by Cassidy and it's like he, he at the end he dedicates this to um to Ellis for making him a better artist and that's true because I mean looking at this it's like all this stuff it's it's utterly fantastic and you know it's like even though Wildstorm is no more as of this year oh. that's it's like I can't think of a bit better ep- epitaph than this than this final volume oh, yeah. so so that let's see that's my favorite that's best thing I read this year and well hey if you either like it dislike it. Or hey, like, nothing would make me happier than hearing that everyone this, anyone who's listening to this, like went out and tried at least one of these comics just to see what they thought. But you know that's how it is. But you know, just to make, real quick, just to end, end this thing, I'm like, just as I want to kick kick some more things when they're done, real quick, the worst or most disappointing comics of this year, because while Ellis <laughs> um, wrote, because while Ellis wrote one of the 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 best thing I read this year, he also had in writing one of the most disappointing. That would be um. Gravel Volume Three: The Last King of England. Mm. Um, basically, while well, I really liked the first one of Gravel, um, Bloody Liars, because it had had a clear idea of what it wanted to do, and that's kill a bunch of bastards in really cool, interesting ways. Volume Three just took all the its potential, its fascinating, its potentially interesting um, John Constantine as military man um, setup, and then just like um, just, just just destroyed it. Basically, trying to do that. Yes, well, yeah, Gravel. Hey, Gravel's a man who destroys everything he touches, and you know what? Well, what a fascinating friend to see I see a man like that try to build something up that didn't happen. In fact, she, like, it, like Volume Three just like destroyed everything and just basically left me with the thing that you know why the hell was I did I even read this in the first first place? So do yourself a favor, just read Volume One, Bloody Liars, skip the other two. Yeah. Uh-huh. Then we got yeah. Then we got um, Mark Miller's contributions this year because while I because while I talked while I did like his um his Ultimate Avengers volume um. Um, um, see, Kick-Ass and Old Man Logan were generally pretty terrible. Kick-Ass just ha- was just awful in the way that um, his like his his writing ticks just um, placed in the real world just came off as completely unbelievable and un- unrealistic. I couldn't believe a s- just about a second of this stuff, and just it just like it was trying tried way too hard to be cool, and and like and the movie movie was a lot better. It, Show that this story can work better as a piece of fanboy wish fulfillment, but but Mil- but in, on the comic page it was just like it was just ter- it was just terrible and painful to read. And um, as for um, Old Man Logan, his um, future Wolverine story, well, it read it read like some 13-year-old's Marvel Universe fan fiction. He had the energy that you'd expect from that, but also had all the writing skill of it. Absolutely terrible. But still, you know these. Those two things, those these things weren't nearly as bad as Gunsmith Cat's Burst, Volume oh. Five, because 
you know, just, it takes takes a special thing to like basically make me go, you know what? I wish I had never bought this stuff in the first place because because it just it's started out since it started out basically with the feeling that you know he didn't that um that art that um writer that mangaka Kenichi Sonoda had no ideas for this series. He was just going going for the series formula again, and then it reads and then as it went on, it basically read that read that you know. It was all right, but then that with volumes four and five, it just realized that hey, you know what? He didn't have any ideas for it, and it just and in the end, it just feels like he just gave up and said, you know what? To hell with this. I'm just going to go and dismantle things so that I can never come back again. And to that, I say, thank God, because after after which, because hey, you know, it's like I I like Rally, but you just completely ruined her as a character at the end. And you know, there are some series that can pull off like not nice bad guys win, and make it feel satisfying. At, Satisfying and thought-provoking, but this isn't it. <laughs> so, ov- so overall, it's like, hey, I want, I don't want, I'm not interested in seeing more guns with cats, cats again, and I'm certainly not interested in seeing um any any more series from, from Sonoda again. So, uh-huh. gonna gonna draw the line into that and move on. So, yep. here on out, new year, lots of new, fresh new possibilities, and well, I'll be talking about hopefully talking about some of them, or just be like I'm. Gr- Rooting through the, uh, rooting through the stuff I've read in the past couple, couple weeks for, for, for material next time. So, mm-hmm. wish you all, hope, hope you're all, hope your New Year's going great so far, and I will see you again in two weeks' time. All right, we'll see you next time. All right, later. Bye.